All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, October 19th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Uh, Clayton, huge, huge weekend coming up at the box office. I think a legit battle for number one. And it's going to be a battle between, you know, last week, Taylor Swift, she took on Joker for the record of biggest October opening of all time. And she couldn't quite get there. It turned out when the finals came in, she got clowned. This, Just say it, Pat. She, she got clowned. She, she got clowned. She took on one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Joker. And she lost. Came up short and she lost. She takes on the other biggest movie star in the world. Leo this weekend. Killers of Flower Moon. Anyway, we had to bring in a big gun to be able to handle this kind of weekend. We went out, we got him in between acting gigs. He he stepped off a set for a couple of minutes to join us tonight. Wanna be O boy Austin is here. Welcome Austin to the BO Boys. Hi everybody. Hi wanna be O boys, wanna be O girls, wanna be O people. people. So awesome to be here again. I know last time we got to talk Elvis, this time we get to talk Killers of the Flower Moon, so we got another big budget adult drama, possibly an Oscar contender too. I'm so excited. There's going to be so much to talk about. Very exciting. Now, of course, everyone knows you, Austin, from you send us fantastic emails almost every week. A, a highlight of this show is is reading through Austin's analysis of the box office. Of course, the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Try and send us an email, even even a tenth as as interesting as as well thought out as austin's and you will have sent a great email mm-hmm. that's how good austin's emails in yeah. so we had to have him in studio so yeah killers of the flower moon i'm gonna throw this out there right off the bat who's who already knows of us that they're seeing this movie i'll say it i'm seeing it tomorrow afternoon i'm playing hooky austin raising his hand austin what are your flower moon plans right now so this is gonna sound really dumb, but I don't quite know yet. And I think not to get too nitpicky on it yet, but mm-hmm. I do think this is a three and a half hour movie. It's a four hour commitment once you have all the trailers and everything. And mm-hmm. that is gonna be a big ask. I know I'm going to see it at some point this week, or at least I'm gonna to try to, but you know, I I'm trying to find a four hour block to right. kind of mm-hmm. really dedicate to this. You know what I mean? So I'm going to try to see it at some point this weekend. I'm going to try to go with a couple of friends, but because we all love Scorsese too, me and a couple of my buddies, but it, you know what I mean? I'm not quite sure exactly when I'm going to get to it, but it will right. be soon. I definitely, this is a theater movie and I think that's going to be what helps set it apart from a lot of other big budget adult dramas that haven't really done that well lately. This, this feels like it's a, you got to see it in a theater movie, kind of like Oppenheimer, but not, to that degree, obviously. Well, there's a thing. Oppenheim- now, Oppenheimer was three hours plus. It wasn't three and a half, right? It was a little yeah. shorter than Killers of Flower Moon. Y- you nailed it. This is a commitment. This is a, you build a day around yeah. Killers of Flower Moon. It definitely makes dinner plans tricky because if you're doing dinner, then you're committing yourself to a showing that'll get you out at one in the morning or you, so, so there's a lot of thought that has to go into this, but you know what? It's a lot of thought that went into making this movie is, is so, you know, I think there needs to be a lot of thought out of planning to see it. Clayton, do you have flower moon plans? Does your schedule allow yourself four hours plus 
to see Leo, see Scorsese, see De Niro. We'll get to that. De Niro was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to get you out there for four hours? Well, I don't have definitive plans, but I'll probably see this Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I will probably see this Friday. I, I don't have like the tickets yet, but right, that's my right. my, my plan. So, yeah. Austin, you did bring up you and your boys, your bros, your budskis are big Scorsese guys. And, of course, oh, he's yeah. an 80-year-old man, but he has made that that sort of leap where he's relevant to the younger generation. What is the younger dude's broskis um, relationship to Marty? Is, is, is he that big of a deal right now to, to the guys tossing around the pigskins, you know, chasing the skirts, as they say? Well, I think Wolf of Wall Street really was like a huge movie for my generation. It came out 2013. I was in high school when it came out, but even when I was in college, it was a big movie. Everyone I knew, just like all my buddies loved that movie. And I got a lot of buddies who are more cinephile buddies and they like all of Scorsese's movies. But I think to majority of people in my generation, Scorsese's the Wolf of Wall Street guy. I think everybody, you know, everyone knows. I think a lot of people really love The Irishman, too. I know a ton of people who've seen that movie who loved it. I think, you know, but Scorsese's interesting because he bounces back and forth between really commercial projects like Wolf of Wall Street, which was, you know, probably one of the, you know, it was three hours and it was really R-rated with a lot of sex and drugs and nudity. Mm-hmm. But it was like a really funny comedy, too. I mean, that's kind of what dawned on me when I rewatched it. It really is a very accessible three like super fast-paced three-hour movie as opposed to something like silence came right. out. i think that was this movie after that where it was like 245 and silence i thought was a great movie i mm-hmm. think that was a masterpiece but it is a very uncommercial it's like you know he bounces back and forth i think the irishman was obviously it was a netflix play so it doesn't really matter how commercial it was or wasn't but i still think you know that one there was a hint of mobster action here and there like mm-hmm. there's enough to kind of pitch a good trailer for and i love the irishman too i think the irishman actually may be one of my personal favorites of his mm-hmm. but you know this one it it feels like a commercial play okay so, well no i'm sorry no 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 it, that's how i mean it feels like a critical play gotcha just yes. enough to make it a commercial play and i think scorsese to my demographic he is the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Mm. He is the Goodfellas guy, too. And this movie, I think it's more of a Leo movie, too. I think Leo means a lot to people my age, too. Leo means a lot to everybody. Right. So I know the original question was more about Scorsese. What does he mean to my demographic? And I think he doesn't mean everything. Like, you know, my buddies, I didn't really know a ton of people who saw Silence, personally. But I think he does, you know, you put him and Leo together it's the Wolf of Wall Street re-team for a lot of people. Right. Because I think that still is his highest grossing movie, I think. Yes, I think by far. Yeah, Yeah, because that made like almost like 400, which was insane. Yeah, pretty much that that and and Shutter Island would be the biggest grossing Scorsese movies. And they are, yeah, Shutter Island got to 299 worldwide. Wolf of Wall Street, $389 million worldwide. Just an absolute monster at the box office and i think yeah you nailed it it's scorsese and leo as the team mean a lot to people 30 and younger 
and Scorsese and De Niro as a team mean a lot yeah. to people who are older and, and you know, and maybe going to see their last movie. So this is a movie that has that ability to just overlap many generations of cinephiles, of guys, of girls, of people. Yeah. People. people. And, and, people. and I think that it is, it is a critical play that should have enough box office elements to, this is not going to be in that silence, Kundun, no, you know, bringing out the dead category for yeah. Scorsese. Box, just, box It's yeah. not going to be a box car <laughs> birthday situation. It, uh, there's no way Apple Plus would allow yeah. anything to be a box car birthday situation. But this is not going to be, it's not being promoted as a fun romp the way Wolf of Wall Street yeah. and Shutter Island was. So, like Clayton, obviously you're you're planning to see this, but do you think that the the tone of this movie, the fact that it seems to, you know, not advertising fun, and again we've said this before, it's Scorsese, so somehow there will be funny elements in this because yeah. he's the greatest comedy director who's ever lived. But this is a movie that definitely does not seem as fun as a casino Wolf of Wall Street type yeah. rock. Yeah. Do we think that's going to affect the the box office? But I'll push back a little bit. Shutter Island was not was not promoted as a romp. It was promoted not, as, not as a, a romp, as, as, as a, a serious like uh, a serious film starring, you know, Leo and directed by Scorsese based on a novel by I believe Dennis Lehan who was a, you know, he's had many successful ad- adaptations of his work. And so I don't think that that's in the same category as Wolf of Wall Street as a romp. I disagree with you that. You pushed. You pushed back. I'll push back on your pushback. Shutter Island. Uh, it's not fun in the in the way that Wolf of Wall Street is a comedic romp, but Shutter Island is much more of a genre play. It's got horror elements. Yeah. So it was dark, but it was definitely seemed like it would go down easier to an audience than Kills of Flower Moon, which is definitely. I would say more serious issue minded and the misery in it depicted is going to be harder to watch than like Shutter Island, which is like, Hey, are there zombies in this movie? You know, listen, you were on set for Shutter Island. Yeah. So of course you, you could speak to the tone, but I do think oh, really? that I was, yeah, I was an extra. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the story has been, has the story been told? The story has not been told on air, but uh, you almost, you almost scared Martin Scorsese to death. Well, thank you for stealing my we, one great story and I'm, encapsulating it in such a, a very tossed off way. But here's the thing. Let's, let's move forward a little bit here. I okay. do agree that flowers, uh, is closer to a silence than it is to a wolf of wall street in the sense of okay. it is. Not yeah. one of his most challenging movies, like you said, like Kundun, like Last uh, Last uh, Temptation of Christ. Temptation. Uh, but my thing is, people have a appetite for it now because Nolan's Oppenheimer mm-hmm. did not look like a romp; it looked serious. And Nolan is not a funny guy; he does not have humor in his movies. So, yeah, of course, this is going to be funnier than Nolan, but. There is an appetite for this now. I would say if Oppenheimer wouldn't have come out and did what it did, I would say mm-hmm. this movie has there's no appetite amongst young people for this film. But I think we're at a tipping point where the Marvels looks like it's going to be a bomb. The mm-hmm. the people who used to see those movies 
are coming of age. The the elder millennials are now the only people who want to see those movies or like maybe little kids, little kids. I think the Gen Z look at Marvel as doofy, as stupid. They want their IPs, which is video games, and they want serious films, right, by serious directors. And that's Scorsese. Now, Scorsese is not Nolan because Nolan only does sort of like big uh, you know, Oppenheimer is a little bit of an outlier there because it is like a it's not some sci fi sort of weird thing that he's come up with. You know, it's a historical, uh, uh, you know, picture of a person. You know, Scorsese has done historical before. I said this is going to be for the History Channel dads. You push back on that because of the seriousness of the topic. I also disagree with that. Well, just that it doesn't have it doesn't have a history dad like top tier ip which is hitler or jesus yeah is, you know uh, I, they, they're the main ip for history channel Dance. yeah i mean they're, the the aesthetic of this is that's the batman joker is the batman of the history channel yeah the aesthetic of this is more like there will be blood which was a highly uh, you know critically acclaimed sort of movie but uh, the box office wasn't there in the level of like blockbuster necessarily right, right. right? so well, it is a question mark yeah. at this moment uh, and, and I think the, another big question mark is this Taylor Swift movie, is it going to have any legs at all? Like, is this going to be something that people yeah. are still talking about this weekend or is it going to be an afterthought? And I think yeah. that's going to be the thing that has been taking up a lot of conversation and will all these great interviews that Marty has been doing, will they be able to cut through all the hype and all the noise and all the... Right. You know, uh, I'll say it, uh, noise pollution of this okay. Taylor Swift launching of this. I won't say movie. I'll say special event. Okay. Well, listen, Clayton, we'll get to this ha- as starting to build a bit of a grudge against the Taylor Swift movie for, it's here. for things he's no, realized about ticketing. It's here. So we'll get to the Taylor Swift. In terms of Taylor Swift affecting the opening weekend of Killers of Flower Moon. Obviously, they'll be battling for ranking, but uh, I'll toss to you, Austin. Do you think the Taylor Swift movie just being in the theater has any effect on whether people will go see Killers of Flower Moon? Does it does it take away any of the audience? Are there any tween girls who maybe wanted to go see their heartthrob Leo, but instead are going to see Taylor Swift, or do the audiences not overlap at all? A week ago, I would have said... Maybe, but after last weekend's results, I don't think so at all. Honestly, mm-hmm. everything last weekend, well, because I, I emailed you guys, I completely whiffed Taylor Swift. I said, I think it's going to do 180 plus. It's going to decimate. I thought The Exorcist was going to make like seven, eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. I thought everything was going to drop like 60 plus percent. Last weekend, honestly, those are some of the best holds in the top 10 that mm-hmm. like any of these movies have seen in like forever saw X doing like 25%. Amazing. Uh, uh, what is the stupid Kenneth Branagh? Sorry. I, oh, uh, uh, death on the Nile. Dropped, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, haunting yeah. in Venice. Venice. I'm sorry. Haunting in Venice. Venice. Yeah, yeah. That dropped like 20%. Yep. Uh, Exorcist didn't even have that bad of a drop. I mean, it looks no. like it's really not affecting anything else. I was more worried because I was like, well, if it's going to destroy all the screen counts for everything and stuff like Dumb Money is going to be playing once at like 1030 in the morning, like that didn't really happen. I mean, everything kind of held OK. It seems like it's really mm-hmm. just playing to that 
one specific base. I mean, even like the equalizer is still in the top 10. That thing is like a month and a half old. Like it helped. It had a good hole. Like I think this is going to absolutely not affect Killers of the Flower Moon at all. I was even like, oh, are these crowds going to be so rowdy? And there's going to be, you know, reports coming out. There's going to be a lot of viral TikTok videos of people just running around. And that's going to dissuade people from going to see it. And it's like, no, I mean, there's been videos of people dancing in theaters, but it's been fun and funny. There's been no like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, I'm just not going to go to the movie theater this weekend because it's just it's going to be a chaos scene and it's going to be really annoying. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I think that older audiences, I think a lot of audiences that Taylor Swift movie is just for one audience and the audience is going to love it. And I think it's not going to have a horrible drop this weekend. I think it could actually have an okay hole, but yeah, it's not really going to affect Killers of the Flower Moon. I think everything else in the top 10 is going to hold again good this weekend. Yeah, it it I mean they're definitely different audiences. The Taylor Swift opening weekend, the story really turned out to be the huge percentage of that opening weekend that was pre-sales, you know, the, yeah. the small amount of, yeah. of walk-up business that you would have for a normal movie probably going to be similar in the second weekend you know i i'm going to see that movie on saturday i've had these tickets bought for about a month at this point so i think the second weekend is going to be a lot of people who already had plans to go and yeah those the the viral tiktok videos of people in the crowd the the little girls dancing at taylor swift i don't think they're going to scare any of the older viewers because they like you said they were happy there were no little girls punching old people no little girls pushing old people to the ground. So I do think the old Scorsese De Niro fans won't feel threatened by the Taylor Swift tweens, which was a possibility depending on how things broke last weekend and, and, and what kind of videos came out, but I don't think it's going to dissuade anyone. So Leo, we haven't talked much about Leo. He is the difference between this being Scorsese, you know, a, a Scorsese movie that could open to 25 million plus and silence. You know, if this is Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal or Andrew Garfield instead of Leo, we're probably looking at a movie that came out in a platform release and is opening to, you know, nine or 10 million. So uh, you look at Leo, is he able to, wh- what do we look at as the threshold here? You know, he opened Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to 41 million back in July of 2019. I think we all agree 40 million is not even a consideration here, but is 30 million realistic? Is that where we think Leo on an opening weekend should be? You know, I mean, and Leo's Leo's a guy who he's not someone who is guaranteed 50, 60 million. He's a movie star who opens well and then has long legs. So what do we think Leo means here? What do we think Leo guarantees? Does he guarantee 20? And then from there, it's a 10 to $15 million swing where he could get you over 30. Is that kind of what we're thinking? Yeah, I think it's, it really is. It depends on the movie too. If you have Mm -hmm. Leo in... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mode or Wolf of Wall Street mode where he's, you know, he's not, I don't want to say hammy, but he's being right. really funny. He's being really charming. He's giving a movie star performance that's mm-hmm. fantastic and Oscar worthy, but it's definitely, you know, he's 
being a movie star. Right. And in something like this where he's also being a movie star, but the movie itself is just, you know, it's three and a half hours of a slower paced drama period piece. I think that does kind of negate where it's like, okay, is this going to do 40 or is this going to do 30? You know what I mean? I think that that 10 million swing really is the movie. And I know the Revenant was also a very heavy, dramatic period piece. But the Revenant was all that was the Oscar buzz. I think totally just took that movie and the, the bear scene. You know, yeah, and the bear scene. There, there, there's nothing that we know about Killers of the Flower Moon that that has taken hold as much as, let's just say it. People thought that Leo was going to get raped by a bear on the big screen, and that drew a lot of eyeballs. That movie opened to thirty nine million dollars yeah. in its wide yeah. release opening, and then held to make thirty one million the second weekend. I mean. Leo is a god tier all time box office movie star. So, I my my overall, we'll give our predictions later. But my thoughts are: you gotta be, or at least I am. You gotta go the over on this because yeah. it's still Leo. When movies have changed since 2019, four years since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I get that. And Brad Pitt's not standing alongside him, and it's not a you know. It's not a guaranteed fun time, but I just I can't bet against against Leo. The guy is an all timer. He's up there with Joker. He makes himself special. I mean, he he didn't have anything over the pandemic other than Don't Look Up, which mm-hmm. was an oh, Netflix I forgot movie. About that, yeah, actually. and it's and it's you know it was a hugely watched movie on Netflix, which whatever that means yep. for anything. Yeah, but otherwise. He he hasn't done anything else. He just does big movies with big directors is what he does. And that could be looked at as a big movie with a big director. It just happened to be on Netflix. Nothing has happened to make him less special than he was pre-pandemic. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Nothing. He no. Nothing. No scandals. He didn't no. slap anybody at the Oscars. Right. He's, he didn't get slapped. He didn't get slapped. He didn't get slapped. No, he, he didn't host the Oscars. Nope. He, you know. he didn't host the Oscars. He is still dating the same. He still has the same day, uh, age cut off for his dates. He still has right. that. Nothing's changed. He hasn't gone up to 30 year olds. He hasn't done anything like that to, to nope. worsen his image. And so nope. there's nothing to make me think that his star has waned in the least bit. So I think you're guaranteed 20 from Leo. You're just guaranteed $20 million of people who want to see the biggest movie star next to Joker in any film, any film. Now, now the SAG strike has been a big story of box office this fall. Of course, Clayton, you are a SAG member in bad standing. You, you, you know, you owe them a lot of dues and the dues just keep building Mm -hmm. and that, that probably isn't going to change anytime soon. Um, Leo has not been able to promote this movie. And obviously, even in normal times, Leo is not going to be the movie star who's hosting SNL, doing carpool karaoke, you know, hanging out with the mayonnaise boys on late night or on their podcast. But he would do some stuff. I mean, Leo would get out there. I think I think the biggest place you miss Leo, to be honest, and Marty Scorsese commented on this the other night is at the premieres, mm-hmm. you know, because Leo's the type of movie star that photos of him, new photos of him and his latest 26-year-old, those are worth more than guesting on The Tonight Show. And he hasn't been able to do that. 
Do we think this is a negative or I'll throw to you, Austin, on this to Clayton's point about Leo keeping himself special. Is he even more special than ever this weekend? Because we haven't even been able to see him promote. If you want to see Leo, you have to go to the movie theater. Has, has the SAG strike affected this movie in the same way it's affected other movies this fall? I do think a little bit. I never would have, honestly, that's a really good point. I never would have thought of that, but I do think the strike definitely affected it a little bit. I mean, not by like a ton, but like, you know, maybe with the SAG strike over, it could have did 35 with all the actors out there promoting. Like, I think Leo would have been a big thing for this movie. I think especially to, you know, if Leo can get this movie to 30 million, this three and a half hour period mm-hmm. piece drama with, there's going to be no real escapism. You're probably going to feel right. pretty bad watching it. Yep. It's going to be a great movie, but it's yep. not really something that you want to like go out on a Saturday night and see. If he can get this to 30 plus million, that is such an affirmation of his stardom. But I think, but like it's with Leo and I think also De Niro could have had a nice little comeback story with this movie. It's him and Marty teaming up again. I mean, yep. especially... I know The Irishman was a big comeback movie for him, like comeback. I guess it's ridiculous to talk about De Niro like that. But, you know, De Niro, generally a lot of people have seen him doing goofy comedies and Mm -hmm. subpar thrillers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think this could have been a nice feather in his cap of like, oh, well, De Niro's back. He's doing a nice big prestige movie. He's given a great performance. He's with, you know, a director who really just they're famous together. Right, And I think another one, too, I feel bad because I think Lily Gladstone, this could have been a big, well, yeah. this probably will be a big breakout for her. But I think, you know, having the red carpet out for her, you know, yeah. maybe there is a piece in The Hollywood Reporter about her life, you know, stuff like that. Little stuff right. to really prop her up as a big movie star that could have really helped, I think. Uh, I think yeah. she'll have her run on the red carpets during award season. So she definitely will yeah. get oh, out yeah, there. Definitely. I do want to though, and Austin, you're young and I love that for you, but I, I do want to warn you against ever thinking De Niro will, will come back in the sense of only doing serious, great work because yeah. we've all fallen for it. It's happened to every single one of us that we were like, Oh, now that he's with David O. Russell, he's not going to do a movie where yeah. he's jerking off in front of Zac Efron. And it's like, right. it's going to happen a year, two years from now. He will be an adult, an adult diaper, and he will defecate in an adult diaper, in a movie, yeah. in a comedy. So I don't want you to get your hopes up, and I don't want your you know soul to feel crushed the way our souls have been crushed. So just m- make sure you're ready for that. That will happen. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been through it too. I was there. Silver Linings Playbook when he came out. I thought he was phenomenal with that. I saw the movie with my dad. My dad was a huge De Niro fan. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh my God, De Niro, he's back. And then two years later, he's doing Dirty Grandpa the War with Grandpa. And I mean, that saved box office back in fall of 20. I mean, that's a great film. That's a great film. Let's let's not. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mostly just a lot of goofy comedies, a lot of subpar thrillers, a lot of like, all right, what's this? Another paycheck kind of thing. Right, but, right. Yeah, I get it. But prepared, so we all have to be ready for that. And it will happen. I mean, listen, if it happens with War with Grandpa Part 2, that's, then that's a uh, the best of all worlds. Because we all yeah. want that to happen. The box office I'll needs that to it. happen. There's, yeah. I, I think, you know, we could talk about it also when, when the results come in. I do think something that would have happened had the 
uh, SAG strike not been ongoing as you would have gotten the Scorsese, De Niro, Leo appearances on whether yeah. it shows, whether it is, you know, round tables online and different kind of videos. I think the three of them as a unit probably would have tried to do a lot of what we saw when Once Upon a Time in America came out, which is you saw a lot of Quentin plus Brad Pitt plus Leo yeah. together as a promoting team. And I do think that probably is a strategy they would have wanted to do this time with De Niro plus Leo plus Marty that they couldn't do. Listen, Scorsese yeah. said it out on the red carpet. He misses the actors. He misses Leo. He misses De Niro. He's done a great job promoting this. I mean, Marty's been out there doing career retrospectives and print on video. He did TikToks with his daughter. So he has been doing his part to promote this, you know, and, and to yeah. do what a movie star director has to do. Um, let's get to Taylor in a real way. So second weekend coming up, we've said a lot. I think we all expect this to be a massive drop or, or, or Austin, you don't think it'll be as huge, but obviously it's going to be, you know, not as much walk up as a normal giant movie. Yeah. Um, but Clayton, you let's get to your anger because mm -hmm. it's I mean, we could see it and that's why you've got to, you got to watch us on YouTube. You got to subscribe. The podcast does not show you the fury in the eyes. Austin and I are looking into just, just the most vile, evil, furious eyes of Clayton right now as he's thinking about Taylor Swift, the errors tour of the movie. Why Clayton? Why are you? It's not a movie. It's not a movie. Stop movie. calling it a movie because AMC A list doesn't think it's a movie. AMC A list. Uh, precludes it from my okay. subscription okay and not only that no refunds yeah i heard about that no yeah. refunds okay so here's what happened i'm gonna I'm, why would you want a refund stop it don't pat if you're gonna egg if you're gonna just like goose my butt on this let me get it out because this is a serious matter Okay? okay. And I see your okay, little impish smile and you're going to try to goose my little butt about it. And I don't want to, it's just going to make me more angry and less. Right. But people love that. Do they? You love it. Here's the thing. So Pat already had plans to see this film. Okay. Yes. So we weren't going to go see it together. And usually Pat takes care of the A-list. He's in the entourage. He leads our A-list entourage. He books the tickets. We just go along. Okay. Right. There's always a Vince in an entourage. So he's the Vince. Yeah. I'm not going to say who I am drama, but I was going to see this with a friend and we were going to take care of the tickets. So we're lost mm -hmm. because we're in the same entourage as Pat. And we're like, what? you know, what's going to happen? You've here? never had like, to do it. Before, never had yeah. to do it before. So we can't get it done and we're trying to figure it out. And so we're like, okay, we'll just do the old school way where it's like, what's your seat? Tell me where you are and I'll get the one next to you. Like we're some sort of like it's the stone age all of a sudden. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so this friend says, oh, this movie isn't eligible for a list. And I, I was walking home from my job and I was mm -hmm. like, what now and I you're covered in soot, I'm covered in soot. I trust this person a lot, but you have to just double check because maybe 
this person sees a lot of movies. So sometimes they may have booked themselves too much, uh, too many movies. And so their their next one would not be covered. Right. Because you can only see three, right. uh, a three a week. So I was like, oh, you know, that might be the case. No, I had no other movies booked. This was precluded from my A list. And right. and not only that. So then I'm like, OK, do I even want to see this movie? Do because it's not even a movie. It, it's the thing about it is it should not be promoted as a movie if it's not covered under AMC's A-list program. Fathom events aren't, right? It's a Fathom event. Just call it a Fathom event, but they won't because they cut Fathom out of it because they didn't want Fathom to even have a taste. So now it's this weird middle ground where it's this special event on the weekends. That's why they didn't do it during the week because then it would be a regular movie and they'd have to cover it. So it's like, I'm looking at this and I'm furious. I'm texting Pat. I am furious that I have to pay out of pocket an AMC A-list subscriber, a person who keeps their lights on. I keep your lights on, AMC. Me. Me. Not the Swifties. They don't keep your lights on. I do. Okay? And I'm paying out the ass for this, 1989, for this movie, for this three-hour slog. Of a movie with somebody who's already ruined the NFL season for me, and I have to sit there and I have to pay to see this. I was furious. I'm still furious. Okay? And then, so you don't think and, it's the movie. And it's not a movie. And then I go and I book my ticket and I see no refunds. No refunds? Are you kidding me? What if I am a hardworking person? that has a wife and kids and something happens to at my kid's soccer game and we have tickets for later and I have to take them to the hospital. Sorry, sorry, you're out 1989 for all your kids and your wife and their little friends because no refunds. Sorry, guess what? You oh boy. He's, I think he's blown out. I think he's blown out all of his equipment. <laughs> This is I have never seen anger like this. And I have I have watched people be beaten in the street near to death. And I've never I've never seen this level of anger. Austin, have you have you tried are you an AMC A list member, Austin? No. So we actually have no AMCs around me. The closest AMC is like 30 plus minutes away. So I'm a regal crown guy or whatever right. what is it, whatever it is the fast pass or right whatever the regal subscription thing is i have that and it's the same thing yeah you can't use that for this taylor swift movie or this taylor swift documentary whatever you can't get right. a refund i heard about all of that and i think it is absolutely ridiculous too okay especially to be paying 20 dollars. so i'm i'm with you clayton on that one that is absolutely ridiculous it's like uh, can you guys hear me now yeah, you're yeah. back. Your your equipment, your equipment's back. And I was not doing an impersonation of the "Can you hear me now?" guy. That was just normal thing. I'm not. This is not. You I'm not talking about struck work. Yeah. I'm not doing an impersonation. I can't. I'm an actor. I can't do impersonations. I was just saying a, a phrase that people say. Okay. Right. Here's the thing about this: is that I could have seen Oppenheimer in 70 millimeter for mm -hmm. my base fee of what I pay for a list. Okay. That is a movie. That is a film. I could see Killers of the Flower Moon in any sort of format I want. It's taken 
It's covered by my A-list. Why, if this is a actual movie, if this is a true film, why is it not being covered by A-list? It's greed on the part of Taylor Swift, and it's greed on the part of AMC. Clayton, she saved movie theaters last weekend. She saved saved movie theaters. You know who saved movie theaters? You know who's saving movie theaters is the person who pays almost 30 bucks a month, even if I never go see a movie. Those are the people. It's on the backs of those people that the lights are still on, not Taylor Swift. How dare you, Pat? You're an A-lister. So you would say I'm the, I'm, the savior. I'm the savior of the theaters. You're the savior of the theaters. The A-listers are. We're the ones who pay. What about the Swifties? Don't you dare. Because they bop in for one weekend and bop out. I'm there in the trenches. When, when there's no movies, when there's no movies because of the SAG strike, when we're back to how it right. was in 2020, 2021, who's going to still be an A-list member? I am. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe I'll cancel. Maybe I'll cancel because of this, because this is atrocity. This this is offensive so, to me. So then, so then I think if the SAG strike, you know, uh, or or the 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 production shutdowns affect the release schedule, I think we're just going to need more Taylor Swift films in the theater in 2024. We're going to need those Swifties to come through again the way they did this past you weekend. you 90, you cannot over ninety million. You cannot take advantage of your fan base for that long but unless you're kissed they were unless you're kissed were kiss can do it people are you know buried in kiss coffins will people be buried yeah. in taylor swift coffins who knows i don't know okay yeah we're decades away from learning the answer to that but what i do know is before we tout this person as a savior think about the people right. that were hurt think about the hard-working men and women who had to pay out of pocket for this when they didn't expect right. it, when they already have a subscription. And if anything happens in their life, sorry, no refunds. Are you kidding me? Sorry, no refunds. No refunds is galling. That is terrible. You know, I could get a refund on Scorsese. I could get a refund on Nolan, but I can't get a refund on Taylor Swift and whoever directed this. I don't even know who the director is of this movie. Was it AI? Did she just have robots shooting this film? Oh, come no, on. Who knows? This is a major motion picture that made $90 million last if weekend. It, if it was a named person, we would know. If it was Bo Burnham, we would know. It ain't. We don't know who directed this movie. Okay? If you don't know but who that- directed a movie, then it's not a movie. Who directed Casablanca? That's not a, I mean, that's a bad question because it's fucking some jobber from a, 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 a who knows? Well, I mean, that's, that's a, not a movie. A, that's a film. Stop it. So this is, are you saying, I mean, well, listen, Austin, obviously you, you, you say you're, uh, you're with Clayton in the sense that it, it's, it's a disappointment. This wasn't offered on a list or on the regal plan and that there's no refunds. But do you go as far as Clayton is to say that Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, the movie, is not actually a movie? It's not eligible for best documentary at the Oscars. So, I mean, what is this thing? Like, I, I kind of. It's a concert film. It's a money grab. 
Oh. It is a fa- we should meet in the middle and say it's a Fathom event. It's a Fathom event. Yep, but guess who didn't get but any? We love Fathom. Oh, we, we, it's an opera. We love Fathom events. Yeah. We love Fathom events. Clayton, yeah. we can say it for years. <laughs> I like years. Fathom this events type- when they are on their face a Fathom event. When I go to a, when I look through my A list, I'd be like, you know what? It would be nice to go see an opera, but you know, I uh, don't want to pay the extra money, so skip it. Skip it. Right. If I wanted to pay extra money, I'd see an opera. I'd see ever movie like music that lasts forever. Okay. Right. right. That's what I would go see. That's what I'd pay 20 bucks for 1989 for or whatever. That's what I would pay for an opera. That's that's real culture. That's worthy of 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 the church that is the theater. This is the some 1989 though is a is a is a nice little in joke that her fans appreciate. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And that's great for them. It's... But it ain't great when it comes out of my bank account. I'm going to stare at that 1989 and I'm going to know what she did to me. I'm going to cut that. Is... I'm going to print that out. I'm going to print right. it out and I'm going to put it up on my wall and I'm going to so circle it so I can it. look at that 1989 on my discover card and I'm going to say right. mm, this is what you did to me. So, so is your issue though that Fathom, the company Fathom, did not get a piece of the the profits here? Because that's really the only difference is that no. she was her at AMC. We know did not deal with a middleman. We know as moviegoers that what Fathom right. events are, they are not within the bounds of our A list. It's an agreement. We said that right when we signed it. They right. said, "Well, you know, you're not going to be able to see operas." I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I understand. You're not right. re-releases. Some re-releases of the Fathom events, you're not going to be. Okay, right. I understand that. Right? Right. There was you can't no- see Clerks 3 with A-list. Oh, shit, yeah. Because that was a Fathom event. You Is can't Clerks see the new season of The film? Chosen. You can't see the new season of The Chosen. But guess what? Those are films. We knew it. We knew it going in. I knew that that was an event that I, w- that I would pay out of my pocket for. Clerks 3. I knew. That that was something right. that this came out of nowhere because it, in the the way they pushed this on us was that it's a real film. It's this is a real film. It's getting a real release. They didn't make it seem like it was something special. It was going to be an actual film. That was words they used in the articles. It's really it's a real film. It's not a one weekend event. It's not a fathom event. That was what they said, and then. They go back on it by saying, oh, well, wait, but I mean, it is. It is a special event. It's different. It's not a real movie. It's one of those things you have to pay for extra. And I have no problem paying extra for a film because I did for Clerks 3. And if the the USB drive that they had sent had not been corrupted, we would have seen it that night. Instead, we saw we Barbarian it and it's a great film and it was a great night. Yeah. Go back to the archives of the B.O. Boys yeah. to hear all about that. It was a very memorable episode. Clerks three and barbarian. Yeah. And the, and the faulty USB. But here's the yeah. thing is that this was not upfront. It was not upfront that everybody, the, the base, the people who keep the lights on at AMC, the A-list subscribers would be pushed out and said, Oh, guess what? You're going to have to spend an extra 20 bucks. So now my subscription for this month is f- 50 bucks. Because of this right, movie, right. Right. it's not fair. It's not fair, and it's exploitative. So, so, it, it, there, it, it's so, exploiting hardworking people, and I am against that. So, so just to put a, a bow on this, 
do you currently have a ticket to see this film with our friend? Are are you you and she, you and her, you and they, you and people? People are, are you you going to see this movie? Do you have a ticket? You know, yes. And the reason why is okay. because that is about the relationship I have with a person. Right. right? I was not going to bail on this person because person. that's the kind of person I am. I am right. not going to bail on a friend who wants to see a movie that we had made plans to see, even under the understanding that this would be part of our A-list. So I would not back out because of those reasons, right? If uh, if, I, if it was just me and I was seeing this because yeah. of that stupid Twitter poll that I still have not gotten IP addresses of the people who voted. Well, I don't think you were ever going to get the IP address. I asked for the IP voted. addresses. If it was just about Twitter, I wouldn't have done it. But this is about a personal right. relationship with somebody that I care for and respect, right? Well, well, here, here's what I'll say to that. And that is great. And that is true. And that is the kind of uh, uh, philosophy that is shared more than anyone by the Swifties. Friendship, friendship bracelets, and and I am glad that oh, much like the Swifties, a parasocial relationship with somebody you don't know is equivalent to a f- maybe 12, 13 year friendship with somebody else in real life. The bracelets are the bracelets are the bracelets. So friendship is for the Swifties and it is for Clayton and his unnamed friend. So I just want to, before we get to our predictions, I want to get a temperature check on something coming out next week. People are really buzzing about this movie. I I, I just corresponded with the great friend of the show, Podcast Jesus, Kirk Minahan, chat me up about, about this film. He's he he's he's got people in a younger generation who've been telling him. Five Nights at Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's. And right now, and obviously things could change, schedules to be on the next episode of the show. So we'll get some more direct from Kirk, his thoughts on Five Nights at Freddy's. But Austin, you are the prime demo. You are the gamer generation. Let us know, what is the temperature right now for the bros, the broettes, the young people as we are week out from Five Nights at Freddy's? So full disclosure, I'm not a video game guy. Okay. I have never been a video game guy. I I haven't played video games since whenever the PS2 came out. I think it was the last gaming system mm-hmm. I had. So I honestly didn't even know this was a game. Okay. I thought since it's a day and date thing for the longest time, I thought it was like not even Blumhouse. I thought it was like a Blumhouse tilt production. Mm-hmm. Like the darkness or slight, like stuff that opened to like three to five million. That was fine. Made like eight to 10 domestic, made a little profit, whatever. So I was like, oh yeah, was this going to open to like seven million maybe at Halloween weekend? It's day and date on Peacock. No, this thing is going to be huge. Every Mm. single, look, tweets aren't ticks. But like every single tweet from like, the discussing film account, the pop base account, like a lot of more prominent film Twitter accounts has like a hundred thousand plus likes on like any basic clip of this movie, which is like Mm -hmm. exactly what I was seeing with like Barbie. Mm -hmm. When that one clip of like Ryan Gosling as Ken got like 
300,000 likes. I was like, what the hell? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, there is such a interest in this movie, I think. And a lot of reports are starting to come out now. It's like Deadline just put out a report earlier today. They were like, oh, a week and a half out from now, this is coming onto the tracking with like 40 million. No, I think this is going to blow 40 million away. My effort, Roth feed, let's get nuts prediction yep. is that this is going to be the highest opening weekend for any day and date film in history. I think it's going to beat Black Widow's $80 million. Whoa. I think this could open to over 80. I know. No, I, love I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's a couple of counts that I follow on Twitter that are more like inside baseball BO accounts. And they're all saying like, this thing is tracking for like a $13 million Thursday. Like it is like pre-sales for this are insane. Like this thing, like it doesn't even matter that it's on Peacock. It does not matter like at all. These kids don't have Peacock. They don't know if they have Peacock or not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone cares. I think Universal was probably treating this like it was a joke, which is why they put it on Peacock. Like they didn't know what they had. And just, I, I, I keep seeing so much interest in this movie, man. And I'm like, Box Office Pro, even their long range forecasts, it keeps going up by like 20% each week. Like, I'm interested wow. to see what it is tomorrow. Like, right now, I forgot what the exact number was, but it was like 43 to like 60 mm-hmm. is their range right now, which is nuts a week and a half out. And just the fact that it keeps going up and up each weekend, I think Halloween weekend next week, too. I think just some movie, look. I don't know, like all due respect, I think this movie's probably not great. You know what I mean? I just like, I mm-hmm. was kind of assuming mm-hmm. it's just not really all that great. But I think fans are going to love it. I think it's going to be something that this audience is going to just absolutely like lose their minds for it. I think it's a kid's thing too. I mean, this mm-hmm. actually might be a little bit younger than me, like just by a couple of years, like two to two to four years younger than me, like generation wise. So I'm not quite as like, I'm not familiar with this franchise at all just because I'm not a gamer or anything, but it seems like it's a big kid thing too. And there's just been nothing for like kids over the age of I like the Paw Patrol thing. Really? I think that doesn't aim any higher than like six or seven. Yeah. There's nothing right, for like right. kids ages like 10 to 14. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes. I think this is yes. going to be like prime demo for them. And I think the movie just looks like fun too. It's a very primal kind of idea of like oh haunted Chuck E. cheese attractions whatever like i don't know like the trailers cut together really well i think it's been playing in front of a lot of like genre films lately too like they showed a trailer for it when i saw saw and it played really well there i don't know like i think like i said i think i have a feeling it's going to open over 80 that might that's a real like nuts prediction well, let's get nuts. Like, I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, like, I love get it. nuts. Like, fuck it. Let's yeah. get nuts. Well, so so we'll be we'll be covering this movie a lot in the next week, possibly Kirk on Sunday, of course, schedule permitting. Yeah. We've got old friend and gamer, Danny Eskimology of I Screen, You nice. Scream 4, number, number four. 4 movies, scheduled to be on the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's preview episode in a week. So we are going to cover this film in the next week it's very exciting and also it's true the projections keep going up they change by the day when we sit here a week from now doing the official weekend preview for five nights at freddy's who knows where 
the the numbers could be. So it's, it's very, funny. very exciting. It is, and it's funny that when we look back at this year, which we will, of course, you're going to see some of the most interesting films breaking out, the ones that people weren't predicting because they weren't your tried-and-true formulas, right? We're going to see yeah. that. This is a tipping point year. Uh, it, we'll we'll yes. see it. It's it's a hundred percent a tipping point year, and it's becoming even more evident. Even if this thing opens to forty five or fifty, that's a hundred percent crazy. Yeah. because it's going to no, trounce no. the Exorcist. Yes, yeah. yes. I, Halloween yeah. Kills too. I mean, if this opens, that's the other thing I was thinking. So I remember two years ago when Halloween Kills opened, and I like emailed you guys. I was like, I have a theory that like Universal. It like took some money out of this and they're putting it at 49.5 because if it opens to over 50, they can't put it on PVOD until 30 days after, mm-hmm. which like mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense for Halloween kills. Cause it would have been way past Halloween. And the whole point of it was to get it onto PVOD as soon as possible. Yeah. There's just no window for that movie. So I'm like, is this thing, if it opens to like 80, they can't put it on PVOD until like Thanksgiving at least I think. Right. And it's but it's gonna be right. playing on Peacock for the whole month too. It's like I think it's gonna be such an interesting box office story. I can't wait to see what happens with that one. Yeah, like you said, there's been so many this has just been such an interesting year. It's like the last two years, twenty twenty one especially, was like as a fan of this, I've been following it since I was a little kid. It's just been you know, I was a big movie guy, I was a bit I was a big actor guy. So I loved just following the box office following just what movies were doing what like it was a horse race mm-hmm. and 2021 was a little you know disappointing because things just weren't doing as well coming off of covid in 2022 it's like only the big like there's such a massive ridiculous gap in the box office when you look at it too it's like oh the top five movies all make like 350 400 and then i think six for the year is like elvis with like 150 there's like right, right. there's just not as many smaller movies making between 120 to 250 or whatever this year i feel like you're seeing a lot more of an interesting variety of movies not just the standard marvel movies and definitely not like the dc movies Mm -hmm. breaking 350 400 million dollars but you're seeing stuff like barbie and oppenheimer and even smaller stuff like Cree 3 and John Wick 4 and even stuff like like Air making 60 million plus and right Cocaine Bear and Megan yeah yeah Cocaine Bear Megan uh there's another big one that I know I just can't think of off the top of my head right now but a lot of like smaller story successes a lot of stuff that you know is just propping it up like it's getting back to the level of 2019 I think but yeah yeah just a lot of diverse successes all around well, with that in mind, I think it's time for us to give our top five predictions for this weekend. Killers of Flower Moon, of course, is a very, you know, if this does well, this is another sort of like, oh, maybe things are getting back to 2019 yeah. levels. But I think it's time. So, of course, Austin, as the guest, you get the option of would you like to give your prediction first, second or third? Can I go second? Love it. You could go second. Uh, I have been shocked at what a popular position second has become, but that really has become the de facto choice of the guest. Love it. So you'll be going second. Clayton, would you like to go first? Yes, I'd like to go first. Of course I would. All right. Number one, Killers of the Flower Moon is going to make $36 million. Number two, 
crater time for Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, down Morbius like 71%. This oh, thing wow. is going to be in the low, the high 20s or the low 30s. The only people who are going to continue to fall for this scam are people who had already paid for tickets one weekend out, like me and Pat and his group that I wasn't included in. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see a big drop in this film. Number three, Exorcist Believer. I think this is going to still, you know, it's not going to have like a 20% hold like Saw. It's probably going to drop more than that. But I think just by process of elimination, I feel like this one has to be number three. Mm-hmm. Number four, because spooky season and word of mouth, Saw X. I'm going Saw X over mm-hmm. Paw Patrol. And I think mm-hmm. Paw Patrol is going to be number five because the rats still need their cheese. That's my top five. All right. Great top five. Austin, your turn to predict. This is tough because I really do think it's going to be a photo finish between Taylor Swift and Flower Moon. In the end, I this got me in trouble last week, but I think the inflated ticket prices that you mentioned before are going to work out in Taylor's favor. I think this is going to make $33.5 million this weekend. It's going to be down like 65 70%. Two, I think, is going to be Killers of the Flower Moon, literally with 33. I think this is going to be so close between these two movies. I think it's we're not even going to know the final story until Monday night when the actuals come out. I think it's going to be so close. And maybe it's just me being indecisive, but I really – it's a toss-up because I think Flower Moon does have IMAXs. It's got PLF. It's going to be taking those away from the Eras Tour. It's going to be – just going to knock that one down a peg or two. But – there is a repeat factor for this movie that I think will work in its favor. I think a lot of those kids that went to it last weekend had mm-hmm. such an amazing time. I thought that was going to transpire like last week. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Friday night people are going to have a great time. They're going to go to Sunday. But no, I think it's going to be last Friday they went. I think they're going to go again this Friday. It's going to be a repeat business kind of movie. And I think it'll probably come out on top. It'll make 33 and a half, Flower Moon 33. Three is probably going to be Exorcist, Spooky Season. I think it'll make around like $7 million. Four is going to be probably the Paw Patrol 2 with like $5 million. It should hold really well. I mean, there's not really anything for kids this weekend. And five is going to be Saw Axing. It's going to have another incredible hold, make like $4 million plus this weekend. It's going to be down like 25 30%. It's going to get to like... 55 60 maybe if it can really hold well next weekend and the weekend after that like Mm -hmm. that's got to be a really nice like really nice tidy little hit for lionsgate they need it because they had a rough year Mm -hmm. john wick i guess yeah yeah i mean the 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 lionsgate building the the statues in the front have to be Billy the Saw Puppet and John yeah. Wick. That's what's keeping the lights on at yeah. Lionsgate. The way the Swifties kept the lights on at the theater last weekend. So, <laughs> number one, <laughs> I think Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, the movie, will be, I think, a clear number one. I think it's going to make around $36 million. I think Austin nailed it with the, even if it is... Not a lot of walk-up business, which it won't be, even if it's not a crossover to non-Swifties. 
they're going to see it again. I think at least one more weekend. So I think it's going to make 36. I think Killers of Flower Moon will get over 30. I, you know, 32, which, listen, if this mo- movie does 25, it's a success. This movie gets over 30 in the opening weekend. This is a giant win for Leo and Marty, and I do think it'll do that. But I, I think Taylor Swift will still be number one. And then I think three, four, five, it's tough for me to go anything other than Exorcist number three, Paw Patrol number four, Saw number five. I mean, the, the, the Exorcist hold was really good. You know, it's comping in terms of holds to Evil Dead Rise from this past fall. So that's pretty solid as, as Brett from the New Flesh says, horror always wins. So even a yeah. sort of reviled movie like Exorcist Believer is got people going and this 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 Paw Patrol movie the holds have been great the holds have been great listen it's it's uh rats need their cheese and it's a movie that caters to smaller younger rats than Taylor Swift does i mean these are really yeah. young kids they need this they'll go to it so i think it edges out saw and Saul will continue to just, it's an amazing run. I mean, and the thing with the Taylor Swift, movie, one of the best holds in the Saw franchise, the Taylor time. Swift, uh, special event is that it doesn't matter how young a child is. They still have to pay the full price because, and no, and no refunds. So, um, right. of course, because well, they love, you know, they love the joke. 1989. Yeah. They love, and it. because yeah. things never Here's, happen, things don't happen and people don't, you know, have to reschedule that never happens. I got a quick question for you guys. Do you yep. think there's a wild card this weekend? Disney's putting the Nightmare Before Christmas back in theaters too, like they did with Hocus Pocus a couple weeks ago. Do you think that could do? I think that could do like one and a half, two million. Do you guys think it could like really break out? I know. I honestly it, think Nightmare Before Christmas is probably more popular than Hocus Pocus. Yeah, but yeah, you think that could do like two million plus? Maybe hit the top five. I mean, it's it's always tough to say with these because that is just such a like incredibly available, incredibly seen movie. Yeah. You know, it's going to be on Disney Plus. It's going to be on Freeform ten times a day. So obviously, put it out there because if it makes a million, that's a million dollars that the theaters didn't have. I, I wonder if the Swifties going to see Taylor Swift takes away a little bit from what Nightmare Before Christmas would have done, you know, with that sort of disaffected youth who buy their Nightmare Before Christmas shirts at Hot Topic. Are they instead going to see Taylor Swift, the era's tour of the movie? And if that didn't exist, maybe then Nightmare Before Christmas gets to like 3 million. Or do you think there's no crossover there? Um, No, I mean, I think here, I mean, I think there's no way it gets top five because it would have to make at least like $4 million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's not possible. I think these re-releases haven't done as much business as, as, you know, they're just small. It's a small number of theaters and the promotion I don't think is there. So, yeah, I mean, I do think this could make like, you know, a million, million and a half, sort of like what Hocus Pocus did. But I don't see this one breaking out, even though it is a beloved yeah. movie by many. Well, he- here's what I'll throw out there. Does it have any chance of finishing ahead of the creator? The creator was number five last <laughs> weekend, made 4.3 million. Mm. 
it had a decent hold, you know, only dropped 31%. So is there a chance the creator, say, drops 50% and makes 2.2, 2.1 million and Nightmare does higher than that? So I'll throw that as the final thing to predict for this episode. Austin, will Nightmare Before Christmas finish ahead of the creator this weekend? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll go Love. crazy. I'll say yes, just because I think Creator and Flower Moon are that audience is pretty mm. similar. I think Flower Moon, if theaters are going to dedicate two to three screens to that movie, it's like, yep. like I said, it's four hours long. This is going to be a movie. I'm sure Dumb Money is going to be another one that they take screens from. You know what I mean? Like, yep. something's got to give, and they're not going to take it from Saw. They're not going to take it from Exorcist. They're not going to take it from yep. uh, Paw Patrol. Yeah, it's something, like I said, something's got to give here. And I think Creator probably, even if it's still playing, it's going to be in like one screen at like 11 a.m. and then one screen at like 10, 15 p.m. It's going to be at really like undesirable times. I only know it's going to, I've worked in a movie theater for a little while. So I kind of like recognize the patterns of like, oh yeah, like Mm -hmm. they're going to put this here to just kind of be a buffer. And they're going to put this here to kind of be a buffer for here. And. So I think Creator is definitely going to get dinged for that this weekend. Right. Clayton, Nightmare Before Christmas or Creator, which finishes higher? Creator. Creator. I think so. All right. Really? Okay. Yeah, I respect it. Um, I I like Austin's way of thinking. That's true. The the Creator fans, you know, the people who just want to go see a quote-unquote adult movie, they've got a clear choice this weekend. So... I think maybe Nightmare could do it. That'll be an interesting thing to see on the next episode when the results come in. So, Austin, tell people, if you want to tell people, either where they could find you, what they could look out for, what do you want the wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people. people to know about Austin right now? So, right now, I've been working on a couple. I'm non-union, so I work on independent films right now, independent movies, TV shows, commercials, too. So, I've been doing a couple little bit of that. Uh, right now, you can check out my IMDb page, Austin Gallego. And you can watch me on Tubi in a really funny comedy called Slap Straight that just premiered on there a couple weeks ago. It's super funny. It's an independent film. It's about uh, the world of slap fighting. And it's about an Uber driver who kind of gets mixed up all in it and it's super funny it is like a throwback to those really great 90s early 2000s comedies it's so funny it's such a good time watch with a bunch of friends it's on tubi right now it's called slap straight it's by luminary figures which i've worked with them on a couple different projects before and they put together such an awesome movie and yeah you can watch out for that right now and I've got a couple little things brewing around that I can't quite talk about quite yet. So, yeah, that's it. Pretty nice. Oh, that is so exciting. Slap straight on Tubi. I mean, that is a, a, listen, Clayton, that is a streamer we talk up constantly. You are especially a huge fan of Tubi. I, yeah. And this is not just because you have a movie on there. I love Tubi. I almost exclusively watch Tubi because they have interesting films from the 80s, the 70s, the 90s that you can't find on the other streamers. Yeah. They are they, they have a, an amazing catalog of films that have been sort of lost to time and you can watch them on Tubi and plus they have cool new stuff such as your film 
I can't say enough about Tubi. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Uh, this Tubi is, is so awesome. exciting. Yeah, I, I love it. So, listen, everybody head to Tubi to watch Slap Straight and, and an old-fashioned 90s style balls out comedy speaking it our is. language very and, raunchy too yeah i wow. love it it's it's good it's good it's a really fun time right oh this is this is great i mean listen i know i know what i'm doing the second we get off mic here i'm going to watch slap oh, yeah. yeah very oh, exciting yeah. so of course uh after you watch slap straight on tubi go to our bo boys youtube channel subscribe there and we are now doing web exclusives. You could see right now, we do something called the after show where me and Clayton, after the episodes, then we go to the rawest of feeds. Mm-hmm. We talk about how the show went. So the first after show is live. It was the uh, analysis of what happened on our Taylor Swift opening weekend results show where we did the divvying up the millions and that segment went a certain way and Clayton and I went off in the after show, which is again, a web exclusive. It is only on the YouTube channel. It will never be on the podcast feed. You have to subscribe to see the after show web exclusive. And real quick, cause and Austin is listening. We went at it. He listens every week. Did yeah. Pat bail on the divvying at the end? Did he bail on it? Did he bail on the segment? Austin? Yes or no. You did, you did spring it on him a little bit. The last oh, second, did. So. Okay, all right, I love it. Right, well, right. we cover this in the in detail on the after show. Clayton and I went at it, so of course, go to the Bo Boys YouTube channel for that and all the other web exclusives, and also full episodes on their clips or shorties, as we call them, with uh, wannabe O senior intern Christopher cutting vertical clips, putting them on YouTube Shorts. So much content on the YouTube channel. Again, web exclusives, trademark term that we came up with for content that is only on the YouTube channel. So go there after you uh, watch Slap Straight on Tubi. Of course, five stars on Apple Podcasts. That helps other want to be your boys, want to be your girls, want to be your people find the show. So five star, uh, five star reviews. You could just write. Love the show, blah, blah, blah. Five stars helps people find the show. Follow us on social media at the BO Boys Pod. Want to be O senior intern Christopher killing it there with the vertical clips and want to be O junior intern Jack providing some great uh, write ups and predictions that we are now putting out there on the BO Boys handle on Twitter X and of course the vertical videos on TikTok. So follow us on at the bo boys pod across social media and email us the bo boys podcast at gmail.com we love getting your emails next week's guest danny of ice screen you scream four number four movies gave us a prediction he thinks that kills of flower moon is going to struggle because it's another type of original ip but with big name stars they need to go and promote this movie's awareness through talk shows but they can't cuss at the strike. In the end, he is calling the shot that it will make $23 million. So that's Danny's prediction for Kills of Flower Moon. He's going low, but next week, I feel like he's going to go higher when he's talking Five Nights at Freddy's on these airwaves in a week. So email us, the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. 
Guys, I think we've done it. We have. I, I can't possibly think of anything that's left to say. No, nothing. Except for, until next time. Will, Will smell. smell.